two interracial couples on a quest where fantasy and the real world collide. This is When Crit Happens. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Rock Hatima. Rock Hatima. I am your dungeon master, Torsten David Johnson, using he, they, and I am joined today by Joshua David Robinson. What it do, y'all? Joshua David Robinson, a.k.a. Titan, your belt. Titan, they, them. Joshua, they, he. Thank you. And Deanna Elizabeth Woodman. That's me. Hello. My name is Deanna. I go by they, she. I am joined by Junebug. She goes by any pronouns, often she, but really any. I also have a painting in my room. It doesn't have any pronouns. Uh, <laughs> what about a character? Do you play a character? I play a character. <laughs> that's, no. that's it. Great. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't be stopped. I can't. Kylie Marie Brinkman. <laughs> yes, hello everyone. Kylie Marie Brinkman, she, her, playing Josephina Wick, a.k.a. Joe, also she, her. Woo! Excellent. Yeah, Deanna, I listened back to F12 <laughs> and there was no character in that intro either. Look, look, I don't know, man. I get I get stuck in a bit and I can't get out of it for months. <laughs> like, it's like, like, there's like always these jokes about people being like, oh yeah, the bit went on too long. How long did your bit go on for? An hour? Mine has gone on for months. <laughs> I can't be stopped. <laughs> I feel like this would be a good New Yorker cartoon, like being stuck in a bit. Mm. Someone mm. should make yeah, some yeah. fan art of that. All those people people at the New Yorker who are listening to this yeah. podcast. Yes. Yeah. Please <laughs> make a at yeah. your girl. We know that you need more and we would love to be interviewed. Podcast content. Did we share that New Yorker cartoon that's the the podcast <laughs> about podcasting? Joke? No. No. Well, it's I don't like know what you're talking about. Can we talk about it real quick? Yeah. It's like a couple in bed. I mean, we're going to assume that they were intimate. Post-coital. Yeah. yeah. And then the little blurb is next time can you not use your podcast voice? <laughs> and that's like that's what the cartoon is. Love that. Can you not use your podcast? Yeah, voice? yeah I know. Not? I know. It's brutal. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. And we were made aware of that cartoon by my great aunt. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody, let's get yes. to a little recap. So last time after you defeated the Typhon. The legendary creature sank back into the depths from whence it came, mm. and the sea cave beneath Typhon Head quieted. You looked around and saw that the cavern showed signs that pirates have been here before, and Ooh. through the low entrance, three more skiffs approached from the pirate fleet. Malaya helped you usher the children and staff down into the chamber as the boats made their way to you. One of the pirates hopped away from their place at the oars and ran upstairs to help with the fight and inform Jaquetta about the plan. Another pirate, Blue-Nosed Betty, told you that they would row you back to the ships. Yay! Jasu took an cute. oar, and the three of you got into separate vessels along with the kids. On the way out of the cavern, Joe's boat took the lead, but then Jasu missed an oar stroke and mm. clogged up the passage for the second and third boat. As Joe's skiff circled back to help pull out the two that were stuck, the sound of a giant osprey was heard overhead. No. 
The pirates began to row with as much speed as they could, racing to the ships. Jasu created a fog cloud, which obscured part of the envoy, but the osprey, who carried a well-armored warrior on its back, attacked nonetheless. During the skirmish, with sounds of battle coming from the fortress high above, one pirate was knocked unconscious, and three more were knocked out of their boat completely. But Titan convinced Baron Koro to abandon his perch atop the giant it's sea hawk. It's hot. You probably want to take a little swim. <laughs> and take a swim. Uh, Joe's spells with arrows from Titan and shots from the deck of the nearest pirate vessel greatly injured the Osprey, Fantasia, who turned tail, literally, and disobeyed Baron Koro's wishes. He really wanted to keep swimming for, like, what was it, eight hours or something? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> or until he started to drown. Okay. In his right. armor. Right. <laughs> and the Osprey plucked him out of the water. As the bird flew away, shots chased it off, but none managed to hit it, allowing Koro and Fantasia to escape over the bay towards Deephold. And that's where we are now. Oof. Man. So who was who was that? On top of the bird. Yeah, flying on birds and fancy armor and stuff. Who was that? That was Baron Coro. Oh, snap. Blue Nose Betty says to you. But now we'll, we'll talk more about that when we get on deck. Up the ladders, everyone. And these skiffs are pulling up against the side of the largest pirate ship and ladders are being tossed down into the, the skiffs from up above. Yeah, I definitely, uh, there's a bunch of people who just got hurt, so Titan's going to make sure that, like, the person who just, like, died is, like, good, but they're going to do it in a way that doesn't look like they actually care. Mm. They're just checking in and Cataly being like, you good? You good, honey? Because, like, you was out for a second there, but they actually really want to make sure that everybody's okay. Yeah, uh, I'm doing the same, I'm, and I'll lay on hands anyone who, who needs. Yeah, so, Jasu, I believe that you you had pulled somebody out of the water who's kind of coughing and spluttering here. Titan, you look over, and the the person who you because you used healing word to I sure did to help them. They finished out the rowing, um, so they they look full of adrenaline, and you see there's still blood coming out of this this wound, but it's a, it's just a trickle, and it looks like it's largely healed, and it, it kind of like pressed the arrow point out, and so <gasps> the arrow is no longer in their flesh. They're kind of looking down, moving their shoulder feeling how it's surprisingly mobile it is. Ooh, that looks nasty. You okay? I think I'm better, yeah. That was, uh, did you do that? Do what? Well, I, I, just... I just encourage your lazy ass to keep rowing, that's all. <laughs> okay, yeah. I. But you good though? I think I'm, I'm surprisingly good. Titan just pats this person very gently on the shoulder. Okay, and then climbs up the ladder. <laughs> what else do we see on this boat? So we're all up. Yeah. I want to be helping all the kids up before I, before I get on. And as I do, I, I'm saying each to, to each of them, bless you in the light of the sun. Bless you in the light of the sun. It, it's the middle of the night, lady. <laughs> bless you in the light of the sun. Suleon will, will hear your words. Bless you in the light of the sun. Um, all right. And as you are ushering all these kids up and Oramaya and Malaya, uh, you you see that the pirates are also hauling down ropes and attaching them to 
anchors on these little boats. It looks like there are hoists that will lift these long boats out of the water after you're out of them. And then they usher you up these ladders as well, and you find yourself on the deck of the Stargazer, this schooner, which is one of the largest ships in this pirate fleet. You look around, and you're surrounded by children and pirates. There's large masts and people uh, helping the, the kids to dry off if they got soaked by some of the sea spray and trying to make everybody feel comfortable. Some of the younger kids are clearly a little scared. And Blue Nose Betty comes up to the three of you and says, Welcome to the Stargazer. With Joquetta gone, I am the ranking officer on decks. Is there anything that I can I can help you with? Ooh. Well, seeing how we just helped y'all with quite a bit, I don't know, y'all, where, where are we trying to go? This has all just been so much. First things first for me is though, it would be great to take a little nap. Yeah. Yes, I think everyone is probably a bit tired, including these children. They were up far before dawn. And, uh, and you look into the sky and you see that the, there are brilliant stars everywhere. Um, and there is perhaps a little bit of gray on the eastern horizon as the sun is beginning to make its its way towards dawn. What do we see here? I can do a perception check when we're looking at the school from the ships. Totally. So you look back over the stretch of ocean that you just traversed, can kind of because you know where it is, you see the dark spot at the base of the cliff where that little entrance to the sea cave is, but you can tell why it's an amazing hiding place because from here, there's very little indication that there's any kind of cave there. And at the top of the cliffs above that cave entrance, you see the fortress. You continue to hear some shouts, but at this point, you don't hear much in the way of gunshots mm-hmm. you had you had been hearing musket shots before now that you're far enough back you can see a little bit better what's going on on the top of the walls you see that ladders had been put up against the outside of the walls and you see some yellow clad soldiers up on the top of the walls and they're just cresting the walls and hopping off the ladders as you're watching right now it's low light they're crouched down but it doesn't appear that anybody is fighting them back they're moving slowly, but it, it seems to you that the pirates have started to make their exits mm. and are, are no longer fighting in the fortress itself. Blue Nose Betty, I don't mean to be dense, but what do we do now that we're here? Yes, well, that's a, that's a good question. I think, as you said, rest is probably a good idea. It doesn't appear that... The enemy has access to ships right now, so I believe that we should be safe as long as we're on the water. But hopefully, uh, Jaquetta and the rest of and the rest of the crew can make it back all in one piece. Not sure there's much we can do except perhaps provide them some covering fire. And uh, you look over and you see that there is a stack of muskets that they used to help you and try to provide covering fire for you when you were rowing here and you get the idea that there might be some need to take some shots if somebody on top of that fortress were to try to attack Jaquetta and the other pirates as they were Hmm. rowing over to you. I step forward and offer 
to pray for the ship. I say, may I, would you mind if I pray for everyone's safety on board? Oh, yes. All prayers are welcome here. We can use whatever we can get. We accept gods and tithes in all forms. Uh, we really like gold. So if you want to <laughs> donate some of that. You could, I've stopped uh, listening. I'm sitting now. I just sit cross-legged in the middle of the ship and I start praying. Light, find us. <laughs> <laughs> so, Blue Nose, where um, quarters napping? Are you going to take a nap yourself too, or what's uh, what's going on? I will soon. Uh, I will personally wait until Jaquetta, my commanding officer, and you see a, a little twinkle in her eyes as she <laughs> says, "Commanding officer." Stupid. <laughs> I'm gonna say, can I have a perception check to see if I can see that perception, see, see that twinkle in the eye? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, perception. I want to roll perception perhaps. with disadvantage. That's in that twenty. That's in that twenty. That twenty. Uh oh shit! I got a nat twenty and a nineteen. Well, wow. I Whoa. noticed too. Damn it. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were praying. Yeah, you uh, you feel a you're you're tapping into spiritual energy here. Jasu, and you feel a, just a sudden radiance of something that you, you're not quite sure what it is, and then you open your eyes and you realize that it's uh... hormones. <laughs> I smell. I can hormones. smell. I can smell the like pheromones coming off. I'm exactly. Like, <laughs> and Titan, yeah, you see this twinkle, and at first you think that it's fear because you know Jaquetta has a bit of a dangerous gauntlet to run here before she's back to safety, but then you realize that it's probably less fear for her safety and perhaps a little bit more fear that there's, maybe not even fear, maybe a, mm -hmm. a hint of, of another desire that uh -huh. that is yeah no blue I get nose. it I get it I get a blue nose uh huh <laughs> now I say all of this I say it all that mm hmm uh huh twinkles mm hmm all right well I I know how to take a hint okay I'm gonna find some place to rest yes <laughs> and but by all means uh please uh avail yourselves of the bunks downstairs there's uh, plenty of places to sleep we we find that crew members enjoy their work more when they're resting. When they have a drink, y'all got any of those? Yes, we do. We certainly do. Great. Titan uh, seeks out alcohol and a place to sit down <laughs> and drink too much of it. <laughs> yeah, so um, Blue Nose Betty shows you the way, and you see down below decks, there is just a luxurious pillow pile. Nice. nice. You know, it's hard to have anything that's, any furniture that's really firmly attached because everything has to be so mobile in this ship but it's well lit there's candles lining both sides of this large chamber there's hammocks and rugs on the ground uh, so it's a vibe couches. it's a whole vibe it's a vibe nice and there are plenty of things to drink there are decanters of wine and, and they're all kind of rigged up in, in their own little swinging baskets so that they don't spill with the rocking of the boat. There's, it's kind of like a bar that's hanging mm -hmm. from ropes from the, the low ceiling down here. I go in and see if I can mix me up a couple of cocktails because mm -hmm. uh, if there's spirits and wine and, and like, uh, is there anything that I haven't, is there anything that either I haven't seen before or that like I know is like 
I'm looking for something to make this the house specialty cocktail. Uh-huh. Um, and if not, then I'm looking for something that I have not seen that looks strong as fuck. Okay, great. The, this is the, the House of Prim specialty cocktail? Yes. Great. <laughs> Prim's cup. Prim's cup. <laughs> nice. Uh, go ahead and roll me a perception check. Can I be on the hunt for any sort of Sulian uh, religious beverage the ones that we used in our yeah. you know it seems very unlikely but i would love for there to go be one. for it perception or investigation cool joe's just looking for some oolong tea oolong tea amazing i got a six okay wasted my net 20 <laughs> <laughs> i got an eight oh, uh, I got 10 and a 10 all right did six eight and ten yep that's right <laughs> my okay. goodness so we found lemonade so you've gotten drunk already so, yeah, Titan, you do find all the ingredients and you think nothing of it. It's like, oh, all the ingredients are here. Jasu, you find some wine from a similar region. Great. In Pure. You're not sure that you've ever had wine from this particular vineyard, but it's from a similar place as you. I'll take it. And Joe, you're looking for oolong tea? Yeah, Joe just wants to journal and drink tea. Amazing. Uh, so you find some tea, but you don't find any hot water. <laughs> um, but I can use... I feel like I have something for that. Hold oh, on. you probably do. <laughs> if you give a sorcerer tea, they can find the hot water. Yeah, I can start a small campfire. I feel like I can just <laughs> boil some water <laughs> and make myself a cup of tea. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, so yeah, while you are figuring out how to... Make yourself a little one cup kettle. What do you all do? I find all the ingredients for the Prim's cup and I say to my compatriots, Oh, child, it has been a week or however long it's been, hasn't it? Joe like shuts her journal that she was already like starting to write in, like, Yes, thank God you both <laughs> feel this way. I thought I was the only one that's feeling a little bit shook by everything. Like, finally taking a beat to take in what's happened the last few days. Have either of you ever been to the House of Prim? No. Uh, oh my goodness, you are in for a treat. Um, I start making three, maybe six, Prim's cups. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing, what goes into a Prim's cup? That is a great question. Um, really, like the thing is that like, Watching a Prim's cup being made is part of the experience mm-hmm. of having a Prim's cup because the color of the dr- a drink changes throughout the making process. Oh. Starts off brown with your liqueurs and everything like that. At one point, it turns fluorescent pink. Then it gets sparkles in it. At nice. one point, it's gold. And then once it's finally poured into whatever goblet that you're going to be drinking it out of, it pours out like a rainbow. And then when you uh, bring it up to your lips, it's whatever color you want it to be. Whoa. Whatever color you want it to be yes <laughs> i think i think all while this is happening and i'm sure as like titan is like giving the flourishes and like talking about it and all that stuff jesu is sitting very quietly just drinking the wine and is not really speaking much but is just quietly like observing and not slurping but i slurped so that the way the people on the <laughs> podcast would know that i was drinking because how else would they know but but know that it was not a loud slurp it was like it was that was me stimul simulating 
Okay. A subtle <laughs> Yeah. Joe takes his Crim's cup. I don't think Joe drinks alcohol a lot. I don't think she has like thoughts or feelings about it much. She just like doesn't go out a lot and therefore mm. is like not in social situations where she's drinking a lot. So I think she takes this Prim's cup thinking, oh, it's really not going to be her jam. Takes a sip and it like wide eyed. It's like, oh, and just really kind of knocks it back, not realizing maybe how much alcohol is actually so in it. So much. Oh, and I, I ask, uh, as Joe brings the cup to her to her mouth and knocks it back, I'm like, what color is it? What color is it? What do you mean? Isn't it rainbow? I thought it, I thought. Look at your goblet. It looks rainbow to me. It's, Can it be all the colors? Oh my gosh. It's all, it's, it's data rainbow. Yeah, it's data rainbow. <laughs> Titan just about loses it when yours <laughs> stays a rainbow. <laughs> No, Joe. Joe. Yes. Joe. Yes. Is it? <gasps> it's a rainbow. Isn't it a rainbow in your cup? I show uh, Joe my cup, and it it is like gold with like <gasps> pink sparkles in it. Mm. And I and I look at Joe, and I'm saying, I, I say to Joe, Joe, there is only one other person whom I for whom I have made a Prim's cup for which it stayed a rainbow. Who? Prim. Whoa. And that is... House House Mother Prim. I don't think I know much about the House of Prim. Other than like, I know it exists, but I don't really know what yeah. that means to be a house mother or what kind of influence Prim has. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think it's like one of those like fixtures that like obviously you know the house you know who she is mm-hmm. and everything like that but like if you haven't been inside and you're not in that kind of you're not in that world then like yeah you might not have many dealings with her but she is definitely a like a public figure okay. you okay. know so that must be a good thing that my cup looks the same as her cup child all i can say is this when you only got one color to deal with life's a lot simpler <laughs> <laughs> my cup is gray and then i show the cup and it's, it's like it's gray but it's like it's like storms storm clouds mm. that are like swirling in it but to but i just i go my cup is gray oh i see well honey uh um, every now and then there's like a little light flash oh, in gosh. it but like so titan is looking at jesus cup and it's like and i say oh honey it's not just gray you gotta look deeper because it's like i see this like sepia toned it's like look at the texture though yes you've got gray but look at all the hues it's actually quite beautiful (laughs) joe reaches over and like puts a hand on are you sitting jasu yeah are you And like I'm, put, I'm huge, but I'm sitting down. Yeah, yes. puts a hand on her knee after looking at the gray. Because I think Joe just kind of sees the gray and not maybe the beautiful hues Titan is talking about. How are you feeling? Your cup looks kind of sad. <laughs> <laughs> what a great, what a great line. Um, Titan in this moment, after hearing that out loud, shoots Joe a look and for the first time without like without meaning to um casts the spell message mm. and says to joe you better be nice to that girl but it like appears like in joe's mind and i don't think and, and but this is the mm-hmm. first time that i literally just cast the spell for the first time mm-hmm. so joe looks over at titan hearing the voice but like didn't see titan talk so i don't think joe understands i, I think she thought like did i just make 
I just make that up. Is that my subconscious? God, is this my first experience <laughs> from God? But I still said it. I'm not taking it back. <laughs> Jesu continues to look at her cup and just says, I'm unsure. As you've both said, there is a lot that has happened in a very short amount of time. Joe feeling a little tipsy, not really knowing what tipsy is, just kind of like leans over and puts her head in Jasu's lap and is just kind of like petting her knee. Aww. I think uh, Jasu like rests like one of her massive hands just sort of gently on your shoulder in like a appreciative way. So it's right about this moment when you hear a few shouts up above and then you you see Malaya uh, and and Oromaya start bringing the kids down under the deck as well. Come on, children, let's get down. It's not safe to be up above decks right now. And then you hear the the loud crack of a musket firing, uh, and Malaya looks over to you and says, "Jaquetta and the others are starting off from the the sea cave. Uh, so we're just going to bring the kids down here." And you see all of the kids from the from Typhonhead from the orphanage come down below decks as well and find places to sit and lie down in and amongst all of these pillows and hammocks and rugs and so forth. I think as that happens, I look up to my companions and say, like with a like my face goes from I'm about to open up and like we were all we're all talking to we got to get our shit together to, I got to get my shit together. And it's just like, should we offer assistance to the, those above? Did we get any kind of rest or no? Not yet. Yeah, okay. not yet. No. Okay. Malaya comes over to you and hears you say that Jasu and says, you could go up and help them if you want, but it, it looks like they, they have it covered. It doesn't look like the Koro soldiers are going to mount any kind of real aggression. I, I think they're just trying to take precautions to make sure that the rest of the crew can make it back. I think Joe's eyes are like starting to close and she puts like she kind of grabs Jasu's hand. It's like, no, we can stay down here and rest. You've done a lot. I think that everybody here is is very grateful to you and you can take the rest. You've earned it. In that exact moment, Jasu's shoulders slump and she just starts heave crying, like <laughs> sobbing. Oh, no. <laughs> Like un uncomfortably loud. <laughs> Malaya comes over to you and do you want a hug? Yes. And gives you a a big hug, uh, and you see one of the one of the kids from the school is is close by, a young lizard folk who's maybe eleven or twelve, and is pretty close to you already, and and turns over and grabs your leg and. Buries her head in your clothes and also starts crying. I put my arm around the child and we cry together. So we got a lot of crying children and, and, <laughs> and adults. Is it just the two of y'all that's crying? You you see, there's uh, another lizard folk who looks like uh, has some relation to this kid who comes over and pats her her back and and says, uh, "Sorry, this is this is my sister. She's she's had kind of a." A tough time the past few hours. Yeah, we were there for most of it. I understand. Yeah. I sit up and maybe a bit more social than, or a bit more extroverted than Joe would normally be. 
and just like announces to the room, maybe no one's even paying attention, like announces to the kids, like, bring it in, everyone. It's time for a group hug. <laughs> and like starts hugging, like is now like actually hugging Jasu and is patting this child and is like Aww. waving my arms in, like looking at kids who might be a little shook up from the experience that we just had. Yeah, the the tension in the room just kind of like spills out and people start releasing it in all sorts of different ways. Uh, some with tears, some with kind of giddy, strange laughter. People uh, hug. A couple kids start kind of like play wrestling on the floor a little bit. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think at some point my, my crying, my heaving slows a bit and I'm just sort of like still like clearly upset and a little crying, but like I'm feeling better and slowly getting my bearings. Yeah, Malaya looks to you and says, do you want to talk about it, Jazu? It, it seems like there's a lot of a lot of heavy weight that you've been carrying. I, I, I don't even know where to begin. And I look to Titan and Joe in that moment. Mm-hmm. There's been so much and I'm not even sure how we got here. Yeah, I mean... We was just supposed to be helping people out who was thirsty, and now we are on a boat in the middle of the ocean. See, we in a big-ass body of water on a boat. This was not the plan. That is such a good point. I can't believe I didn't even realize how I probably bear a lot of the responsibility for the things that you've had to deal with the past few days. I mean, what happened? I know we talked about it a little bit, but do you want to talk about what what you found when you explored the the stream and i mean was it bad yeah everything's better down there now right it's, it's better yeah i mean i think we have jasu to thank mostly okay. for that yeah jasu how did you you cleansed up the the stream real nice how'd you do that I mean, we haven't really gotten a chance to talk about it you see jasu taking a sl- small breath and then say i believe it was by the grace of sulian oh you're and Malab holds up one hand. You're God that does the the vagina hand thing. <laughs> <laughs> and I hold up my hand and I say it is in no way a vagina. And I place my hand in the way that it would look like a vagina. <laughs> <laughs> you see, see Malaya looks over at Titan and, and mouths, "It's a vagina." <laughs> <laughs> so you you prayed to Sulion and and the water was cleansed. Is that really all it took? Nobody had tried that before. Ain't nobody in town just try to pray. That's a that's a good. Is, is that what you did? You just you just you prayed to Sulian and 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 the light of the sun. I'm gonna say yes, and I'm gonna make a deception check for myself. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, get some uh, dice out here. Twelve. I'm gonna and I say it. and I say yes. That is all I have did. Jesus. 21, 21 insight. Torsten just killed me. The amount of dice. Know, Torsten yeah, said, to, and now you take to find this 500 one damage. D20. 21, you said? 21 insight, yeah. Oh, yeah. Your... You, mine was 12. Oh, yeah. My deception was 12. Uh, just so, as one who is quite skilled in the deceptive arts, why are you lying? <laughs> <laughs> I don't look at you, and I just say, I... I don't know what happened. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I just I, there was something happened to me when I went under the water that first time, and I look at Joe and uh, Titan, and I don't know know what is happening. Did you see someone? 
I heard someone. I said very quietly. Mm. What did they say to you? They said many things, but did it sound like Sulian? Did you you met your God? That's cool. I you wish had your I, God talking to you. I wish that's what occurred. I don't think that it was. Oh. And now every time, and I look at my hand that's covered in the mark that used to be the mark of Sulian and is no longer, and everything now no longer feels like it's coming from my God, but from some other place. Oh. Does it still feel good and like light and like, you know, positive and all that? It feels different. Different can be good. You know, I like to mix it up on the regular, you know. I don't know. Hmm. It's hard. I think perhaps we should speak more about the Koro family and, and what is happening hmm. politically in this area. It's, it's just so... I ain't gonna press you. I can tell when somebody is talking about something that they don't want to talk about. So whatever's happening to you, whatever happened, I'm just so glad that you are with us now. And we gonna keep an eye on you, girl, and make sure you all right, okay? But if anything, like, just like starts to talk, you start to hear voices or feel like you're getting compelled to do things, like maybe just like let us know about that, but if you're just like, you know, out here living and like maybe feel a little different, like we got you. Thank you, Titan. But real talk on the voices. You hear them, you should probably let somebody know, okay? <laughs> yeah, Malaya, Malaya nods to you and says, my father, John Lai, he has spoken to me of spirits who will, he uses the word endow endow places in his homeland in Aegir. And what you're describing of going underwater and then having a, a voice come to you, it, it reminds me of a story that it's 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 kind of like a, a folktale from Aegir where uh, someone dives into a lake and they get stuck. They're in the lake looking for freshwater clams um, and their hand gets stuck and they're struggling and they're struggling and then a voice comes to them and it's the spirit of the lake and the, the spirit helps them and relinquishes their hand and and then they they have a bond with that that lake for the rest of their life i i feel like i i haven't heard that story in years but he used to tell it when i was a kid and for some reason, what you're describing is reminding me of that. Did he say whether or not that spirit or that lake that they were connected to had good intentions? I think so. Yeah, it didn't ever seem like it was, you know, dooming the, the person in any way. It was just kind of a, a bond that this person had with the lake for the rest of their life. It always, I always thought it was a good thing. But I mean, I was just a kid hearing a, it was a story he would tell me at bedtime sometimes. And when he was home, he's often away on business. How is your dad doing? Last time we saw him, he was really unwell. Oh, Goran, yeah. I don't know. I haven't been home. Mm, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so you remember, Joe, that Malaya has two fathers, mm -hmm. 
John Lai is pretty much the reason that you are so close with Malaya because John Lai and your mother work together and they're both from Ajir. Mm -hmm. A lot of people live in this region if they have work to do in both continents because this is the last port before going to Ajir from Arboreas. And her other father, Goran, is who all three of you met at the house who was sick. Um, and Goran is an orc. And yeah, Malaya says, if anybody can would, would have recovered from the illness, I'm sure it would be my father. He is has a very strong stomach. Um, I've honestly never seen him get sick before, but uh, I I wonder though, because my John Lai, my dad used to say Jasu that people in Ajir they hadn't forgotten the stories, is what he would say. He would say it's important to remember the stories, and in Arboreas, everyone has forgotten the stories. And I wonder if there's if there's more stories like that that might help you find out what's going on i greatly appreciate that i think any answers would be useful and i don't know where we should go now i look at the group again Uh, yeah i don't i don't know what our plan should be my journey here was simply to help and protect the people of this land and bring them the word of sulian through my actions and i am a bit lost now this lizard folk, the older kid who's sitting close to you, who's still kind of comforting his little sister, looks over to you. He's close enough that it, it's not weird that he's eavesdropping. He says, well, you have. You have helped, so thank you. I don't think that we would have made it out of the the fortress if it hadn't been for you all. I mean, I, I stuck my head down and, and saw that that huge monster that you were fighting in the basement? That was crazy. Yeah, so thanks for making it possible for us to get out because and he looks over at the headmaster. Because Oromaya, I don't think he would have been up for that. I, I laugh. <laughs> and you see Oromaya over there who's he's he's still dressed in his robe. It's, it's very wet and you see him like trying to wring it out. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> wring the seawater out of it and it's kind of like blowing on it, trying to dry it off. <sighs> Just in his own world. Well, there you have it. You have done good. But as far as what we do now, I don't know. I'm, I, you know, made my way to Stormhaven for my own reasons. And I would hate to see it consumed in some sort of, you know, chicanery by the Koros. So I think maybe we go back there, make sure people know what's going on. I, I don't know. Yeah, Joe? I mean, yeah, are we... It feels like... I mean, I want to go back home, but is home still going to be there by the time we get there? Like, are you saying that you want to go back to Stormhaven to, like, stay on this mission? Or are you saying you want to go back to Stormhaven to be kind of done with this? I'm saying that I did not pack enough outfits to be out here for more than 10 days. So I at least need to get some clean fits and some new makeup. So yeah, there are places we could do that other places in the world, but I don't know. I feel like at least checking back in, we, we, did, we did what we were supposed to do and we were supposed to come back after that. I, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. If not back to Stormhaven to at least 
talk to some people, then then where? Well, where? I mean, what is the game plan after Jaquetta and everyone gets back on the boats? I mean, do you all know where you're headed next, or is there not a plan? Well, what I will say is a couple things. One, Titan, I don't know if you've you probably haven't explored this entire boat, but I will let you know that there is some exquisite wardrobe options. So Bye, y'all. I go. <laughs> <laughs> Three hours later. Um, uh, so you might just want to take a peek at that no matter what happens. But I will also say that I, I haven't been made completely aware of, of what's going on, but... Uh, the pirates seem to have some knowledge of what the Baron's goals are here. I mean, it's it's why they were set up and, and ready to come on this mission as quickly as they were. But as far as what the plan is now, I don't think anybody's really sure because I don't think the plan was to bring kids back to these ships. So... I guess so. I guess first things first, figure out a place to put these chillers. Uh, yeah. You see this lizard folk boy, his brows kind of furrowing. I've been holding his hand this whole time. Mm. He looks up to you and he says, you know, What do you think you're going to do with us? We will keep you safe, but I think we must discuss. Okay. You know, a lot of us have been placed in one spot and then another for most of our lives. And. A lot of people tell us that they have great intentions and then something like this goes and happens. So whatever it is you decide to do with us, I guess maybe you could just like ask us. Well, where do you want to go? He looks around. He looks at his sister who's sitting on his lap and he looks at the other kids who are scattered around the, the cabin. Some of them are playing. Others are napping. It is still kind of the middle of the night. And he looks over and he says, you know, they made it sound like this was going to be a great option. Like the Paltry Academy of Excellence was going to be a, a real opportunity for us to get an education. And and I mean, sure, I I learned something in those classes but i mean the duke's cousin was the headmaster you know this clearly wasn't ever set up to really succeed outside of giving him an awesome title sounds like you learned a great lesson about nepotism and how the world works i suppose so i i don't think i want to stay here it's like there's not there's nothing for us in stormhaven anymore I mean, maybe some of these kids there is, but for me, it's like I've heard that in other parts of the world, they actually have systems in place that can take care of you if if you don't have anywhere else to go. And I'm old enough that I guess I just want to like go to school. I've been thinking about maybe like civil engineering or something like that. Mm. Does what this kid just said align with well, like aligned with Joe's viewpoint of the world, like the idea that there is some place else that has more systems in place to take care of these kids. Like, is that a known truth or is is it that I'm aware of or is it like the child speculating? 
Yeah, from everything that you've heard, Pure is the People's United Republic mm -hmm. has that kind of thing. Sure. It's very, very hard to get accepted mm. into Pure to achieve citizenship. And so these kids, even if they made it to the border, would probably get rejected because mm -hmm. uh, they're That's where I'm from. from here. I yeah. I say to this kid, no, what, young, young, and what's your name is? I'm Lonnie. Lonnie, I'm going to tell you something that maybe this ain't the right time for, and maybe you don't want to hear, but ain't nowhere in the world that's got something for you. Mm. The world does not care about you. It does not care about me. It does not care about the people on this ship. Now that might sound like some sort of, like I'm a pessimist, like I'm a nihilist, like I'm giving up on life, but let me tell you this, it is the exact opposite. When the world doesn't care, it ain't looking at you, which means that you can go and do whatever you want beneath its gaze, out of its reach. So you tell me, Lonnie, Instead of looking for some place that's gonna give you what you feel like you deserve, and I understand that you have had it hard, I understand. Where are you going to go, and what are you going to do? He he looks at you and he says, "Yeah, I mean, I, I think that all makes sense to me, and and I I think that I could probably you know figure out a way to to." put myself through at least a couple of classes and take care of myself but and there's my sister and uh, like a lot of these other kids they they're not old enough to take care of themselves and and I I don't know what the best thing is for them but going back to Stormhaven I don't I mean clearly the the best thing that paltry Delargo could do was send us off to that old military fortress and look what happened so going back there doesn't seem like a great option. Okay. Ladies, how are we feeling? I hear you, Lonnie, but I don't have a solution. I'm not going to like fake one for you and give you a bullshit adult answer that's going to solve your problems. I think that we got you and we're going to try to do right by you. And right now, though, we are on this ship. And so we can only try to do what is right in front of us. And I think right now that's like, us surviving this battle that we just got out of. So you will not be forgotten. And I'm sorry we don't have an answer for you in this moment about what's what's next three steps down the line. But like we are all here for you. All right. Thanks. I just I guess what I really mean to say is that whatever you all decide, some of us kids might be able to help you figure out where it might be best for us to go. Totally. All right. Let's talk to some children in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and it's just about this time when you start to hear some big bangs on the wood. And, uh, and it's the sound of more boats, small little long boats colliding or, you know, pulling up alongside the ship. And, and you hear cries from outside as it sounds like Jaqueta and the rest of the crew have gotten back and have made their way back to the ship. And you hear the sounds of them climbing aboard the ship again. Well, 
Sounds like they made it back safe. Can we finally get some rest? You want to talk to them first? I think we sleep. I think we sleep. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, everyone. It's time for some patron shout-outs. Thank you to Steve Brinkman, whose Prim's Cup is such a deep brown, it almost looks black, and it has a head of foam, like a flat white. And thank you to Andrew Jones, with a Prim's Cup that is lustrous green like dewy grass and has curls of morning fog rising from its surface. And we'd like to hear what kind of Prim's Cup you have. Tell us in a review on Apple Podcasts and we'll read it on the show. Or if you've already left us a review, don't worry, you can still tell us your Prim's Cup. Just steal a friend's iPhone and use it to leave us a review. Then might we suggest joining the Patreon, which will give you access to tons of exclusive episodes, including stories about Rakatima. Recently, we've been doing a series of character deep dives, delving into Jasu, Titan, and Joe's backstories and character builds. So if you're dying to know how Joshua built such a cohesive spell list, or which subclass Deanna is using, or how Kylie designed a character that she could identify with, you can find out on our Patreon. But right now, It's time to get back to the episode. So here we go. Great. I'm going to go up and I'll say, I will be right back down. Uh, I'm going to go up and just like see the folks get on board to see if like, if they're gossiping about like what happened or uh, any new information before I go to bed. Great. Yeah. So you go up above decks and you see that Jaquetta and. Goldtooth Bonnie, uh, Strongfoot Selvi have all <laughs> oh, God. arrived <laughs> uh, back onto the ships and they're starting to haul up these these longboats. And Jaquetta is over talking to Blue Nose Betty um, and it looks like they're having a little bit of a, a conference updating each other on what's going on. Great. Um, I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be sneaky, so uh, I walk over to him and I'm just like... Everything work out okay? Blue Nose Betty looks over at you and says, Yes, we we only had to fire a few shots, and it didn't seem that the, the soldiers wanted to attack them. Uh, and Jaquetta looks at you and gives a little smile and says, Glad to see that you made it without any issues. How are the kids? That is the million jewel question, isn't it? I don't know what money we use here, so I almost so I went with jewels. We got all these kids. Any idea what might be good to do to take them where they might be safe? Other than just, you know, I don't know, building another ship and having them be like the youngest, cutest bunch of pirates on the sea. <laughs> uh, you see, Jaquetta cracks a smile and says, that is... A really cute image. In my it's mind. not a bad idea. <laughs> huh. Petite pirates. <laughs> she she looks over at Bluno's Betty and says, "Well, ah, this is a tough one. The Corsair Isles that we call home, as cute as a ship full of young pirates is, I am not sure that." bringing children to our home is uh, the most sustainable idea. I mean, yes, we primarily exist on 
the perceived threat and our reputation, but that's a that's a threat of of murdering and and mm-hmm. killing people and and reaving their their wealth. I mean, we we still steal for a living, and not just hearts. I wink at <laughs> Blue Nose. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna give Jaquetta a little uh, <laughs> a perception check here to see if she notices this. <laughs> yeah, she. Uh, She's looking away at the moment, so she she doesn't <laughs> notice this uh, this connection here. And Blue Nose Betty kind of like puts her hand up, like cool it. <laughs> and Jaquetta turns back and says, "Yeah, exactly." Plus, <laughs> we uh, so we have the issue of the children, but we also have the issue of the staff, Oramaya Delargo did not expect that he would end up on my ship. His cousin, the Duke, is <laughs> probably our worst enemy. Uh, she looks at Blue Nose Betty. Mm. Blue Nose Betty nods and says, yes, but uh, if you think of it one way, we could probably get a handsome ransom for him. <laughs> I like that. I like that. I like a handsome ransom. Uh, Ooh, that's a great stage name. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the stage, handsome ransom. I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I might, I will give you full credit if I give that to somebody else. <laughs> Please do. Uh, and and Jaquetta says, I suppose, but I mean, it's also asking for trouble. Not that I think that the Delargos would actually step up and fight. And clearly, they're going to have enough on their plate with this Coro business going on. Honestly, that's where most of our planning has been uh, recently has been in what to do about the Coro situation. Mm-hmm. So we might have to put the kids on ice for the time being. Uh, no, just just like not not you gonna solve the ice problem the kids. Right now. No, that's not. No, just wow. like we just got them to the boat, no, and you no, trying to ice them? That's not what I'm saying. I'm, I'm saying, kidding. You know, like, I'm okay, kidding. Okay. okay. <laughs> I just you know the, the whole pirate reputation thing. You know, sometimes people think that we're a little bit more murderous than we try to be. Mm-hmm. Um, although it was really fun uh, watching your friend fight Strongfoot Salvi. I don't know if uh, it's been a while since we've gotten to have somebody <laughs> do that. So. Yes, yes. <laughs> thanks, so, for, uh, thanks for indulging us on that one. Of course. I mean, and now that we're all friends, we can look back a bit with laughter. <laughs> uh, it was mad annoying when it was happening. Um, so, yeah, I guess we'll figure out what to do with these kids, what's best for them in the morning. But yeah, it might just be holding patterns since hashtag war. Yeah. Yeah. And she looks over at Blue Nose Betty. You know, maybe if it's just temporary, bringing them back to the islands, just since it's going to be too difficult to get to Stormhaven. And she looks over at you and she says, you see, if any one of our ships were to approach the Stormhaven Harbor, we'd be fired upon. It, it would be mm-hmm. impossible to do that safely. So maybe until we can work work something else out, we just bring the kids to the Corsair Isles. Sounds like a plan, Stan. Um, I'm going to go to bed. Okay. Unless anything else to catch us up on? I don't think so. Although we should probably talk pretty soon about what our next moves are. You see that the sky is beginning to brighten as pinks and oranges are creeping up in the east. The lights 
of Stormhaven are beginning to be lit. You see mm-hmm. more and more little torches and street lamps uh, lit to illuminate this dawn twilight as the city is waking up at the head of the bay. And the the morning fog is rolling in again off the open ocean in through the Corsair Isles. She says, get some rest, but I, th- I think we're going to have to make moves here pretty quickly. I move a lot quicker after I get some rest. Understood. Nighty night. <laughs> Blue Nose Betty winks at you. I'm going to make a <laughs> stealth check Love for her. <laughs> oh, Jaquetta definitely caught that one. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> As you walk off, you hear a subdued, stern tone from Jaquetta. It's just like, what was that? Get over here. <laughs> what? I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, and you come back below decks where most of the kids now have begun to doze off they're all kind of on one side it's not an entirely open room there's like screens curtains and things hanging from Mm -hmm. the ceiling partitioning it off and so malaya is still over with joe and jasu in one little section i think joe is already sleeping after the chat we had when titan went up Joe took out her journal and some blank paper, ripped it out, and started making a list of everyone in town that she thinks could house a child. Mm. So there's just like mm. a list of names and like how many extra beds she thinks they have, and mm. then like a list of people for the older kids that might like want to take someone on for like apprenticeship opportunities. And then she just like conked out. So she's not even on pillows. She's just like face down drooling on the piece of paper that she was starting to write these things on and then she fell asleep. Mm. I think Jessu is not far away from Joe and was sitting up with Joe just sort of meditating and doing some Sulian prayers with some thoughts as she's doing them of like, who am I? What am I? What's going on? And then ends up falling asleep, sort of sitting cross-legged with her head down next to Joe. Like in a comfortable kind of way or like a, I'm on Spirit Airlines kind of way? And like I'm on Spirit <laughs> Airlines and I wish I could have, I'm going to have a creak in my neck tomorrow uh-huh. morning, but this is the way that I fell asleep. Okay. All right. And uh, Titan finds the wardrobe room and <laughs> lays down comfortably sprawled out amongst just a horde of fashion. Okay. Nice. Amazing. Okay. So the three of you... Lie down to or <laughs> sit down and are off in your dreams. I'm gonna hit it. I'm gonna hit the long rest button unless you tell me not to. I because Oh no. <laughs> because it's already it's it's basically dawn. I already took a melatonin, so Joe's sleeping. It's <laughs> done. <laughs> I'm gonna you don't get a you don't get a long rest. You fucker. <laughs> you get a short rest. So, uh, does nothing for me. So, <laughs> so in uh, in the time that you are sleeping, you you level up, okay? You you level up, you get a short rest, and then you hear from up above. Sales. And then Blue Nose Betty comes rushing down the stairs and comes over and wakes the three of you up, finds you in the wardrobe room, and to each of you says, 
there's sails on the horizon. You should probably come up and look at this. And brings you all up on deck. Titan has, over the course of the night, fashioned a very glamorous pirate outfit. <laughs> Phenomenal. It has like tri-corner, but like gown. It's like a robe that like splits down the center, but now they've actually got pants on. It's mostly been uh, dresses and gowns up to this point, but now it's very tight fitting like black pants with this like floor length black and white robe, tri-corner hat, flowery shirt, lots of jewels. Love. <laughs> <laughs> Vanity eye patch. Yes. Uh, yeah, Joe is startled, but I wake up, wipe the drool off my face, shove the papers that are now crumpled into my fanny pack, mm-hmm. and bleary-eyed go on deck. Great. I sit up straight, open my eyes, stretch my neck, stand, and go on deck. <laughs> I will also rem- remind you all that you slept most of last night. So like your characters got to sleep most of last night. You got a long rest and then you had to wake up pre-dawn because the battle was starting. Mm-hmm. So like I get that everybody wants a nap and a snack, <laughs> but it's 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 after dawn. and Yeah, yeah. And so as you all come up the stairs, bleary-eyed, waking up after only a couple hours of sleep, you look around and you see that the sun has broken the horizon. It's a couple hours into the morning now. It's starting to get warmer. The fog is starting to burn off. And you see a ship rounding the corner of this headland of Typhon Head. Mm-hmm. As, you, as you may remember, Jasu, ships wait to pass through this area until after dawn for fear of being set upon by pirates from the Corsair Isles. This ship has waited until after dawn and was passing quite close to Typhon Head, probably not expecting to run into a fleet of pirate ships. You see that the ship is still a ways off. It's a couple miles probably but you can already tell that it has changed its course, mm. starting to come about a little bit. But what does that mean to come about, like going further from us or what? It is slowing. It's changing its its direction. Mm. You're not quite sure exactly where it's, what it's going to do, where okay. it's going to go. And Joe, you've seen ships like this many times. This is one of the gray ships of Aegir <gasps> making the journey from the continent over the Silver Sea and back to harbor. Go ahead and make a history check, Joe. 13. Okay. 23. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't roll. You, you see this, uh, this ship, and as it is turning, you see that it's, it's distinctive colors, and you recognize this as the gray heron which is the ship that your mother generally travels on. Um, your mother was on basically state business in Aegir and was expected to come back sometime in the near future. Uh, and this is the, the consulate ship that she generally will travel aboard. And that is where we will end our dun, session. Dun, dun, dun. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> That's a neat Joe's mama. 
Mean Joe's mama. Wait, does that mean that she's the, yeah. does that mean Joe's mom is there? Like, are they coming from? Yeah, it's coming from a Jir. So it's oh, okay, it's coming from a Jir. Yeah, the the ship is is not coming from inside the harbor. It's coming from from outside, and it's coming from the uh, the west as opposed to where you came from, Jasu, which was the other direction from yes. the uh, the capital. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, great, everybody. Well, shall we get to some dirty crit? Dirty crit. Dirty crit. Dirty, dirty, dirty well, crit. as always, did crit happen? You know it always be critting up in mm-hmm. here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, tell me about it. What was critty this session? For me, honestly, it's like the, the, the moment that I felt like the like humanness instinct to respond was having the conversation with the, the older kid mm. who was mm. like, you know, it's like, oh, right, you're a full person who, and I'm like, we saved you. I'm like, I'm thinking, and it's like, we just saved you. Yeah, we got to figure out what to do with you. And he, and, you know, say that out loud. And he's like, you know, hey, guess what? Full person over here. And I felt myself both be like, yeah, I know. And also at the same time, be like, kid, Mm -hmm. fuck you, though. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Why? Just uh, because it's like, just like the the just the the recognition of his of like oh yeah I guess I did something that like was not as considerate and thoughtful as like it could slash I would want to be mm. and just having that like just getting checked and like the like the the combo response of both being like thank you for checking me and also like Ugh. Mm. <laughs> totally yeah I thought it was great I feel like. Deanna was having a different reaction than Jasu because Deanna was over here like, you tell him, you tell him, child, you get it, <laughs> you check everyone. That was Deanna. But then Jasu was like, I think Jasu is still, I mean, she's a religious person who believes that the, her God saves people. So I think she mm. also thinks that she saves people. So like mm. the idea that the person she saves has a saves has autonomy and is in fact their own person, even if a child uh, is probably a new concept for her. So I think mm. she was a little taken aback and was like, oh my God. Wow. Just be grateful. You were saved. <laughs> I saved you though. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, that was a, another great, I mean, I, I know we've talked about this before, but I absolutely did not expect that to go that way. Mm. And and that's what's so fucking awesome about role-playing games. It's like, Oh, I set up that character and totally had some backstory prepped for him and none of none of the backstory came up. Absolutely not. Instead, his like honest th- these impulses that I had not anticipated at all came out. Yeah. About like wanting to get the fuck out of Stormhaven. It's like I didn't write that in for you. Where did that come from? Yeah. Yeah, sometimes it just happens, man. And I felt like it was a really genuine authentic response to what was happening. I'm thinking about the work I did in the humanitarian field. And one of the things that the organization really focused on was like, or one of the things that we talked a lot about at the organization was just like how Maslow's hierarchy of needs is mm-hmm. really not accurate. This is mm-hmm. the and this is the so, shit. yeah. And so just like your survival, like, you know, clothing, shelter, security. Yes, those are important, but those aren't. It's not like you need to have those bases covered before you're thinking about just being seen as a real mm-hmm. person and having mm-hmm. other needs met. And so it just felt like a really great illustration of uh, at least what 
a conversation that's happening in the humanitarian field currently of just it's not enough to set up a refugee camp and have services for people versus like, well, what do you need? Maybe we should be asking people versus making assumptions about what the needs are and then patting ourselves on the back when we can say, oh, but we fed XYZ people. Oh, we saved XYZ people versus really like getting at the heart of what someone's needs are. Totally. Mm. Yeah. Because it's, I think for Titan in particular, and like based on what I've imagined for their backstory, it's like mm-hmm. ain't, shit ain't been easy for them. And so it's like, particularly when, when the kid was like, you know, I just want to go someplace where, you know, not, he didn't say this specifically. He wouldn't, he didn't say like where it'll be easier, but like mm-hmm. go someplace essentially where there's a place for me. Yeah. Um, and, Titan, you know, jaded and like, I don't know, like there are things that I think that I ended up saying that like I agree with, but some of it was also just like, you know, maybe this isn't super useful, but it's like, yeah, like I know, I understand where you're coming from, but like essentially I feel like Titan was saying to this kid, like stop, stop being so fucking soft. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it's not going to get easier. Uh, you gotta, you gotta go out and you gotta take it and you gotta do for yourself. Because I feel like that's that is where Titan is definitely is is coming from. That like mm. nobody's gonna help you. You have to help yourself. Mm. Yeah, which I feel like was also really real in that moment because I mm-hmm. think that like yeah. Titan's experience, from what little we do know about their backstory, like Titan's experience has not been an easy one, and that is often the advice that people who have gone through a really difficult time who see young people also going through a similarly hard time give and i think to some extent i think it's what you just said it's useful and to some extent it's not it 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 like it is useful to remind someone that they have the ability to do what they need to like not like that they can and should be looking to provide for themselves and be honest about the fact that the world sucks while also being honest about the fact that the world sucks and the world should change. It shouldn't just be like mm. that. That's not the way mm-hmm. the world has to work. It's the way the world currently works because the world's stupid. So let's figure out how to change the world while also realizing that that's currently how the world works in these year circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And I, I mean, I really liked the way that you presented everything that you were saying there. Totally. Titan, because it, like, I could hear that part of it of mm-hmm. like just. <laughs> own it you know like it's your life get up and do something about it but you were saying it in a very compassionate way and i think that that always has to be present in in most things in life right like most of the time whatever is going to be the solution to a problem you're going to have to participate actively in that solution it's never Mm. going to be fixed Mm. for you right Mm. like even if it's i don't know getting healed after you broke your ankle like you're gonna have to do your pt you know what i mean like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. no no matter what it is you will have to participate actively and that's part of what it felt like you were saying there was like don't lose track of the fact that you can help provide for yourself yeah which spoke to the kid like i think that actually that did kind of liberate the kid to a little bit to be like yeah that's exactly what i'm talking about like i want to i want to be supported and have the opportunities to actually like apply myself and try hard. Mm. And then of course he was also curious about what that meant for the eight year olds around him. Yeah. 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 That's good. But okay, before we get too far away, Kylie, I because I think that this is this was one of the really mind opening things when you were working at that 
organization. Can you just talk a little bit more about the perspective on Maslow's hierarchy of needs? First of all, let's Maslow's hierarchy of needs is that thing that says that you have tiers of needs, right? Mm. Like your base level needs are food, water, Security. housing, yeah. right? And then you are after you have those things, then you think about community. Okay. Um, let me just look. Yeah, let's look it up. Physiological needs, air, water, food, shelter, sleep, clothing, reproduction, safety needs, personal security, employment, resources, health, property, love and belonging, friendship, intimacy, family, sense of connection, esteem, respect, self-esteem, status, recognition, strength, freedom, interesting, self-actualization, desire to become the most that one can be. And this is from Simply Psychology. Uh Yeah. And so, I mean, I think that just like some of those things, I think when I'm talking about them, I'm lumping together, um, like kind of putting safety and physiological needs together. um, And that before, until you get those things, then you're not thinking about love and belonging and esteem. Mm -hmm. And literally that it has to kind of go in this order and the organization that I was working for after having conversations with people who have been displaced, who were displaced all over, really all over the world, but Africa, the Middle East, uh, and Southeast Asia, that like really esteem and love and belonging were equally as important Mm -hmm. as safety needs. And so there's, I'll tell the story and make it short. There's a story that our CEO would tell about working with the Somalia diaspora in the Twin Cities when there was conflict in Somalia happening. So they were trying to activate the diaspora community to help with the conflict in Somalia. Mm. And they were with a group of Somalian like college-age students and had this fruitful conversation. But at the end of the conversation, one of the kids kind of lingers and wants to stay and chat with then-CEO. And basically, like ends up thanking him for the services that the organization provides because this kid was in a refugee camp in Somalia at a time, even though the organization, like it wasn't our organization there, but just thankful for the abundant spirit that the humanitarian community has. But then also the conversation kind of ends and he he tells it as this very inspirational story because it really is with this kid being like, oh, and by the way, my name is Mohammed. And our CEO being like, yeah, okay, great. Nice to meet you. And he was like, no, I don't think you get it. Like, my name is Mohammed. Like, the whole time feeling like in the camp, the humanitarian industry just sees people as kind of numbers. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, see, but we helped 10,000 people and we fed this many number of people. And one of the things that this kid really wanted to communicate was like, well, actually, I'm a full-fledged person with other needs. And it was really sucky to, like have my name kind of stripped Hmm. of me and how that was really important for him to be able to come and like say his name to the leader of a humanitarian org. Mm. Mm. So a lot of the work that they were doing was like really trying to turn the organization on its head and have the services driven by the people that they were providing services for. So not coming in and saying, this is what we're doing, but coming in and saying, what do you need if it's money, we're going to give you money because that's something the humanitarian field doesn't like to do, like cash oh, advances yeah. a lot. Cash. I wrote a whole article about this. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. My God. Yeah. Is there something, I guess, like I'm trying to think, is there something to tie back to what we were talking about or was there something specific? No, I just, I think, like, thank you for that story. And that's such a beautiful uh, example of of 
kind of disassembling Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Mm-hmm. And 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 I I'm just bringing that up again because it's such a it's one of those accepted truths of western culture. Mm-hmm. You know, and and so like exploding it and realizing that everything in the world is not a hierarchy and there's not like oh you better <laughs> preach mm. and that things can be like in you fact, can need very all little of it is. right thank you <laughs> and, and if like, anything oh Ooh. do i do i need food absolutely do i also need love and acceptance absolutely one is not more important than the other I, Ooh, child yeah and just Ooh. kind of the western spin on this hierarchy that mm-hmm. if you're like in the US, having food, how we can measure that is like, is our fridge full, right? Like, mm-hmm. are we able to go to the grocery store and buy food versus if you live in a country where you're foraging and hunting, your perspective on like what that looks like to have food is very different mm-hmm. and you just mm-hmm. measure it very differently. But we like to put our Western our mm. Western spin on those kind of things when it comes to like, oh, to have food must mean this when really to someone else across the world it might look slightly different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. So here we go. Up in When Chris Happens, confronting Maslow's hierarchy of needs yeah. where we were just like, <laughs> we got you kids. Yeah, you're safe and you're safe and we're going to make sure you're you're fed and now we're going to do whatever with you that we think is best and that's what what had been happening to these kids their the whole their, time. their whole lives mm-hmm. yeah 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 and aren't we good people for for you know giving you an institution to live in and and be safe and sheltered and all that stuff when yeah yeah and that is important but you know mhm yeah very interesting another crit happened for me was mm-hmm. uh Jasu's going through it, you know, and we had some time yeah. in the early part of the episode where, you know, people were starting to ask Jasu some like, you know, per- really personal questions that Jasu, I think, is still struggling with herself. And so I'm curious for you, Deanna, what that was like being in Jasu's shoes, like having gone through some trauma and then in like kind of when it's still quite hot, having people like ask you a bunch of questions that mm-hmm. they, you know, mm-hmm. kind of, you know, clumsily because they don't know what happened. Yeah. Honestly, it was weird because it felt so similar to things that I have that have happened where like I'm I'm fresh off something that has been traumatic or somehow difficult. And then people asking and me not knowing how to answer or feeling comfortable with answering and wanting everyone to stop looking at me and stop talking to me because I just need a moment to think about it. But I also need someone to tell me that I'm okay. But I also don't know how to ask for that because I'm freaked out. And so for me, it was like in that moment, Mm. like with with Jessu, I was just like, oh, I know exactly what this feeling is. I know exactly what she's feeling. I totally get it. Because I think that's exactly, I, I feel like that's what she was dealing with was because she was had not allowed herself to breathe and not allowed herself to think about it. She still was in the heightened state of immediately after some sort of traumatic event and unsure of how to even begin to deal with all of it because it felt like, it feels like, uh, shout out to Eilish who described it to me this way once, which I thought was really smart, which is that it feels like there's this huge uh, wave that's coming at you and you don't know how you're going to survive the crash. And so you keep running or you keep trying to get away from it. But the wave is still coming. And at some point it's going to crash. And so you could stand and you could like let the crash happen and do your best to make it through. Or you could keep running and you'll probably fall as the crash happens. And that's sort of what it was feeling like as she was dealing with all of this. Mm. 
Yeah, that's a that's a very evocative image mm. and like a good metaphor. It was sort of a combination of her image and my image. So mm. we're great. We love each other. Nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm curious for Jasu how much because it feels like there's certain things that Jasu is just fundamentally doesn't understand and other things that Jasu is avoiding talking about to mm-hmm. the companions. Like, I'm, I'm curious where those lines fall. Like, are there things that Jasu might understand a little bit more, but is just like, doesn't want to speak out loud? Yeah, that's a good question. I think that like acknowledging for the first time that she might have a different being that's powering her i think was a big Mm. deal for her because i think that was something that she was denying even though she could feel that that was true Mm. and saw so many indications of that even if she doesn't know exactly what that being is just knowing that perhaps it's not sulian that's providing her with her abilities but i think she still doesn't quite know i mean that's that was sort of her question about the benevolence of this force and like what it means and whether it like I think she has a lot more questions than she does answers, but she hasn't even started to get to those questions because she's been such yeah. in such denial of of anything happening. That's and in your teachings in Sulian, Sulian is taught to be a benevolent, like an omnibenevolent force, right? Mm-hmm. So is that kind of where that line of questioning is coming from? Like, is this is this a a benevolent god that I can trust? Yeah. Yeah, that'll be. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I mean, I don't think that this spirit exists in in that frame of mind. Like, I don't. I, mean, I don't think we'll benevolence ta- is. We could talk about it, but I don't know if Sulian exists. Well, you know what totally, I mean? Like in that. Totally. Like yeah. yeah. Like, I think she has this idea of right, what it means, right. and so she's like trying to understand this in the same way she's always understood everything, mm-hmm. and is trying to put this into the framework of her yeah. of her understanding. And I don't know that it fits. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. Any other crit that, that Only we the nepotism crit. Right. The yeah. nepotism crit. Ugh. I can't. What dweeb. <laughs> or Amaya? Yeah. My, my he's such a dweeb. gross. Like, he's such a gross human. I mean, you are responsible for the children. The children are freaking out. Everyone's crying. You're off. What are you doing? What are you <laughs> doing right now? Adjusting your attire. <laughs> yeah, I was so not here for him. Yeah. Yeah, because we, we, like, he's kind of been in the background thus far. And so I was happy to get the chance to to give a little bit more exposition about who he is and why he has the job that he does. Yeah, gross man. I feel like he's going to go overboard. <laughs> I don't know that. I feel like I'm going to push him but overboard. I just feel like Me, that Deanna. could happen. Deanna Elizabeth Woodman will push him overboard. <laughs> not just yeah, and him and his brother will be in the ocean, right? Look, uh, if he's still swimming, is that the Duke, right? No, no, or the wrong no, Duke, sorry. The Duke and the Baron. So the oh, Baron, shit. All right. the Baron Coro is who Baron. He, okay. He pushed yes, over. Sorry. Yeah. Or who went swimming and then flew away. <laughs> From his own choice. Yeah, actually, that's a thing that somebody might have looked at at the top of the episode. You probably could have seen the Osprey mm. finish its flight all the way to Deepold at the far side of the bay and and land over there yeah what about other anything that you expected to happen this episode that didn't happen i've no Uh, a long rest yeah oh yeah i did expect that that's some great that happened Uh, yep that was um (laughs) yep 
But then honestly, when you explained it, that it's like, y'all have actually only been up for like three hours. I was like, oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we woke up, had a fight, got on boats, got on another boat, and here we are. Yeah. I mean, this touches in with something that I've I've kind of given you all shit about before, which is yeah. in the game design perspective, I think they would call it resources, like spending your resources early on in sure the do. adventuring day. So it's like... Well, yeah, but I will say yeah, that we every episode, it seems like at the end of it, we have a battle. So like mm. w- I often assume that we'll be resting or have our resources back before the next battle because it's every episode. You see what I'm saying? So you expect a rest between every battle. Historically, I have been correct. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now I will no longer be because I put it out there. But I will say that up until this moment, I was correct. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um. I wouldn't get used to that. Yeah, yeah. Totally. <laughs> because I guess that didn't happen when we had to fight Daphne and That's Carl. That's true. No. Right? That is true. True. Mm, all right. True. Noted DM. <laughs> awesome, everybody. Well, uh, this was super fun and very much looking forward to what happens next time. Woo! And yes. we're going to meet a mama. Come in contact <laughs> with this ship. Uh, I will remind you that you are standing on board pirate vessels, which are renowned in the area to oh, right. be the scourge of the seas. The scourge and, of the seas. And that's where you are. Uh, so until then, Deanna, anything you want to plug? Uh- well, Torsten reminded me very kindly that when this uh, podcast would be released, so I'm going to plug my dance performance. I am not actually dancing, but I have choreographed one of the pieces in it. It's at Capitol Hill Arts Workshop on July 7th and July 8th. So if you are here in D.C. and you want to come support, that would be awesome. And if not, I still love you. You're awesome. <laughs> Hi, Fred and Stacy, I'm just going to start saying random people's names that yeah. are like, you know, there's probably a Chandler listening. I don't know. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Jess. Great. Thanks, Kyle. Deanna. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, you <laughs> hey, all. Hey, Kyle. Hope thanks you're doing so well. Thanks so much for your support. <laughs> uh, great. What about you, Joshua? Oh, um, just I'm going to plug this. It'll have long since happened because it's happening um, very soon in real life. You know, just your local radio, your your local public radio stations. I'm doing this really cool project called liveness at wnyc just a small um, public week. radio station uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh where we, we're uh, we developed this piece based on some research done with wnyc archives on mm. um, this really cool kind of verbatim theater piece that we're gonna do um in front of like real people so uh yeah your public radio station they're they're probably doing some some cool stuff yeah, and speaking of archives, I bet they have it archived. So if you want to go listen to Joshua's project, I bet if you looked up The Civilians and WNYC in some online search bar. Probably come up. Probably find it. Dope. What about you, Kylie? I'm going to plug jumpsuits and haircuts. Yes! yes. I'm going to plug. Get a nice, fresh summer cut. Boost your ego, makes you feel good, and don't worry about long hair in the summer. Boom. Love that. Love it. Love, love it. it. Love it. <laughs> Excellent. What about you, Tor? Oh, what am I going to plug? I don't even know. I'm going to plug getting out of the city. I spent mm. some time in West Virginia last week. What are you doing West, West Virginia. Virginia? I was rock climbing and mm. spending time with an old friend. 
old yes, friend. And, and it's like I had wanted it to be a completely work-free spring break. I ended up doing some work. But just getting out of the city meant that the only thing that I was working on was the thing that I had to work on. That's true. Yeah. So that's what I'm going to plug. And uh, if there's anything you all want to plug for us, you can do so by messaging us on the socials at When Crit Happens or, you know, plug something on an email. WhenCritHappens at gmail.com. I can't wait till we get our first email. I mean, yeah, that isn't spam because we get a lot of that shit or like businessy type of things but just yeah. like a person yeah. who just wants to yeah. talk to us hello my email. name be that is, person yeah be that chandler person and i person. got asked on the podcast to email you if you're yeah. my name is chandler i must email that is what was said to me and so i am currently all the doing chandlers that. out there boom yep <laughs> And if you haven't had enough of us, head on over to our Patreon for more. Patreon.com slash when crit happens. Thanks, y'all. Thanks, crit everybody. Crit on <laughs> Hope you enjoyed the show, everyone. Special thanks to Cullen Fitzpatrick for our theme music and original musical underscoring by Wormwood, Balin Wagner, and Benjamin Bergdorf. Full episodes come out every other Wednesday. On the off weeks, exclusive content is released for our members. Head over to patreon.com slash whencrithappens to join the community. Thanks for listening. That was my attempt to vamp while that was happening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Malaya, Malaya nods to you and says... You know, <laughs> and says, you know, beep beep beep, and says, beep, and beep, says, beep. hey beep, it says, hey hey so, beep beep beep. Leave this in. Uh, so leave the, all of this in. The pirates on the upper deck, they have a forklift right now. <laughs> <and> <laughs> <they're using> it. <laughs> it's quite loud. Yes. <laughs>